This is Luton Digital, the fantasy football podcast. Here are your hosts, Samo and Steve. Welcome back, everybody, to episode 36 of the Luton Digital Fantasy Football Podcast. Once again, I'm joined by my usual co-host, Steve. And that's right, Sam, we have got a packed show tonight. Uh, We've got uh, a question uh, from Helen Jerome. We have a first, a world exclusive tonight, the first ever interview with someone underwater. And we have a question and answer with... Mr. Mark Burrows, one of the leading contenders who's emerged from nowhere this season. So let's get on with the show. Emails and tweets. And to start the show tonight, we've got a new feature which will be available for all future podcasts where you can get in touch at any time. We'll put the link up and ask us a question. We've got our first question, Sam. Here it comes. Hi, it's Helen Jerome here. I've got a question um, about choosing the right team. Is it better to go with someone who's going to get a high score but might not actually be playing? That's always the question with people like Kevin De Bruyne and Raheem Sterling. Or is it better to go with somebody who goes in and out of form, like Mo Salah for Liverpool, um, but will always be playing? Or, and also, with strikers, is it best to um, captain strikers when they don't get as many points for goals or better to captain midfielders? It's the eternal dilemma and I always, always get it wrong. Last week, I had Kevin De Bruyne as my vice captain. He got 17 points and I had Pukki as my captain and he got two points. So I'm literally never, ever getting it right. And uh, I've got questions about benching people as well, but I never get that right as well. So those are great questions, Helen. Um, Let's talk first, Sam, if we can, about this De Bruyne, Sterling or uh, Salah, in terms of Salah being guaranteed. Kane's another one who, you know, he'll always play. But the problem with De Bruyne and Sterling, you never know. And in general, the City lineup, who's going to start? Sam, I know you've got some thoughts on that. Would you be a Salah person or would you be a De Bruyne? Or would you have both? I would have both. I think it's best to select players who are in both, who are in form and playing right now. Because the other way of doing it, of course, is you have De Bruyne and Sterling on the basis that one of them will always play. Yes, that's true. One of De Bruyne or Sterling will always play and I think if you're captaining one of them you need to get your vice captain right yeah well you have to cap vice captain someone who's guaranteed to start and on that subject you were unlucky Helen because uh, it was a very bold move and here in the Luton Digital Podcast we admire managers who cap- make a brave captain decision because often there are some lazy managers um, so Pookie was brave um, but ultimately a bit foolish perhaps um, now, what about that second question in terms of do you captain a striker or a midfielder? I think you should captain the premium players like Salah or Kane or De Bruyne or Sterling because the reason why they're so expensive is because they are the players who are most likely to score a hat-trick. 
Another way of looking at it, because you showed me this table last year, Sam, about if you if you not if you pick one side and not change it throughout the season and captain the same player each week, even if Salah, for instance, had a bad game week, on average, for all thirty eight weeks, you'd make a lot of points. So that's another thing to do: a persistent captain, kind of uh, forgetting who they're playing. But that again takes very brave management. Thanks for the questions, Helen. Reflections. Now we move on to reflections and we have the usual stats and news. The average was 52 points and no surprise, the highest four point scorers of the game week were all City players after City won 8-0. Bernardo Silva with the hat-trick of 19, De Bruyne 17 and Mahrez Otamendi tied with 15 and some injury news is that Martial, Pogba, Rashford all confirmed out for the Arsenal. Interesting, Sam, but you've skipped over the significant thing. Do you remember back to the last week's pod and our relative predictions about the City-Watford game? No. No, you don't. But, I mean, they did score a cricket score and one of us did manage Thanks to predict predict that last week. Carry on with the... Uh, yes, and also, which I thought was interesting, is Lampard said in a press conference that Tomori, 4.5 centre-back, is in the, the either the first or the second choice centre-back at the moment. 4.5, that could be very interesting indeed. It would be good if Chelsea could keep clean sheets, but they struggle, don't they? Yes. Is that the end of reflections? Yes. I thought we could add in maybe a reflection about managers who picked Otamendi uh, because he scored 15 points. That was that was a good prediction, a uh, good selection, wasn't it, Sam? Yes. Thank you, Sam. Manager of the week. This week's manager of the week is my good friend Tiago, who got a total of 80 points, beating out um, second place, which was Al Boli with 74. But once again, Tiago in first 80 points, who came um, 34 came from the De Bruyne captain and 12 from Lundstram as well. League table. So let's look now at the league table after, is it seven game weeks, Sam? Yes, seven. Seven game weeks. And it's really, really close now. Um, Darren Greaves is uh, in seventh place with... 3-5-1, 3-5-1, he's only 16 behind. We've got a tie uh, between you and me, Sam, the Buttocks and Big One Matthew, 3-5-3, 14 behind. Mark Burrows, who we'll be hearing from later, up into fourth place, 3-5-7. Thomas Whitehouse, uh, 3-5-8, he's in third. Alex Perry, that perennial colossus of a manager, uh, roars into second with a 71-pointer uh, with 3-6-3. But, and we think this is for the final time this season, Ian Reese leads the league with 3-6-7. And earlier today, we caught up with Ian Reese, who was actually in a canal in Venice. Um, and apologies for the poor quality of this recording. But as I say, he was in the canal as opposed to on the canal. 
Yes, well, it's very interesting you should ask that, Steve, because I'll take you back to 2015 and 16, and the team, they said, uh, wouldn't win the Premiership, even though they were top. And it was their manager, Claudio Ranieri. And I think I've got a lot in common with him, the Tinker Man. And I think you'll see I'm tinkering with my side a lot. And also, I'm speaking to you from Italy at the moment. So a lot in common with Claudio Ranieri. Mistake of the week. This week's mistake of the week is made by Thomas, who is last in the table, all the way down in 34th, and he did get 62 points this week, but that doesn't stop him from claiming mistake of the week. And his mistake of the week, well, like many managers, he captained Sterling, only for Sterling not to play any minute of the 90, and... But, however, most managers had a suitable vice-captain, such as De Bruyne or Salah. However, Thomas's vice-captain was Luca Digne, who got a grand total of one point. Game Week Preview It is time for the Game Week Previews, and first game, 12.30, is Sheffield United against Liverpool. Easy win for Liverpool. 2-1 Liverpool for me. Then we have first three o'clock game, Bournemouth-West Ham. I've got Villa-Burnley, actually. Well, it doesn't really matter since there, since there are quite a few games at three o'clock. OK, do you want to do your Bournemouth one first? Yes, Bournemouth-West Ham, which is 1-1 for me. And um, Villa-Burnley. That is also a 1-1 draw. Chelsea-Brighton. I sense a 2-0 Chelsea win. I'm going at least four goals for Chelsea here because um, I heard that Brighton have got ten players out. That may be true, but Chelsea's defence not been keeping many clean sheets. And we have Crystal Palace, Norwich. Mm, I find a difficult, tough, tough one, this one. Tough one to predict. I'll go Palace 1-0. 2-1 Palace for me. Then Spurs, Southampton, Spurs who could not get past the mighty Colchester in midweek. And Southampton who smashed Portsmouth, so mm, tough one. Could. Am I doing the prediction this week? I am, I think. Oh, fair enough. I'll go draw then. I will go 3-0 Spurs. Then we have Wolverhampton against Watford. So on paper, Wolves' easiest game of the season. They've had a disappointing start, so let's say a Wolves win. Yes, I agree with you there. Then Everton, who are struggling at the moment, lost to um, Sheffield and Villa against City. And the last Premier League game City played, they put eight goals past the opposition. How many are they going to get this time? Well, I think it'll be tighter. I think it'll be 2-0 City. Yes, I agree with you there. Then the last, second to last game of the week is Leicester-Newcastle. Uh, Leicester, we were lucky enough to see live on Tuesday night against the Luton Town Reserves and I think they had 28 shots, Leicester, uh, which was uh, about 28 more than Luton had and I see a Leicester win, pretty comfortable win. 1-0 for me and then we have the injury-ridden United against Arsenal. United's only striker playing in the game is Greenwood. And that's an Arsenal win for me, but I will make a prediction that Martial will be back for it. Bold prediction there, but I think... Oh, this may be a bit optimistic of me, but I think a 0-0 draw. 
Harry the Cat's mystic prediction. So I think a moment ago I did predict a Liverpool win, so I may have to backtrack just for this special special mystic prediction thing. And I'm going to say Sheffield may draw against Liverpool. Big one, Matthew. I think Tammy Abraham will have a good game week uh, against Brighton. I'm willing to say he'll get at least two goals. My team, your team. Two changes for my team. Out is Barnes and Zinchenko and joining Big One Matthew is Abraham and Otamendi. With um, Otamendi, Zinchenko has been left out of the squad for the last two games. I'm pretty sure Pep Guardiola has said it's to do, it's to do with rotation, but he said, I wouldn't normally make this transfer, but because I have two free transfers, I'm just going to do it anyway. I don't think there's much chance of Otamendi being rotated at all since he's the only um, fit centre-back left, although they're playing Fernandinho there. And with Abraham, it's a bit... I regret getting rid of... Barnes a bit, but I think Abraham is better. He's playing for a Chelsea team who are scoring a lot of goals and also have some very good fixtures coming up. And also, this I think I think this counts in this section. There is a sub. I'm going to be playing Greenwood again instead of Dinia since United can only play Greenwood as striker. Okay, well, a nice um, long explanation there, Sam, but the real story is that you brought Otamendi in exactly one week after your dad brought Otamendi in. So um, I think that's that's the reason there. Um, there's two changes for me as well, and I'm taking a risk this week, uh, dropping the highest point scorer in Aguero. Uh, and this is really because uh, I've got to bring De Bruyne in because everyone else has got him, and uh, the man's on fire. Uh, we talked earlier about the De Bruyne Sterling. Uh, one plays, one maybe not, not. So I'm prepared for that risk. Uh, I couldn't obviously have four City players, so Aguero had to make way. Callum Wilson has come in. Uh, Bournemouth starting to find some form. He's obviously very cheap compared to Aguero. That's why uh, it was sad to say goodbye to Mason Mount, and he probably will do well uh, this week against Brighton. But these are the risks you take. Slightly defensive, slightly aggressive. Um, Wilson, a risk balancing out uh, what is a little bit of keeping up with everyone else in the fact that they have De Bruyne. Just too big a scorer to leave out this season. And still, when I got him, he was less than 10 million, which he'll go over this weekend. This week, I think I am going to captain De Bruyne after he got 17 points last week against Watford. He's on fire at the moment, as you said a minute ago, and he will always be involved amongst the goals. And who are you vice-captaining? Because obviously, risk. Vice-captain will be Sterling. So that's interesting. So I'm going a different approach here, because talking about, again, Helen's great question earlier, I'm captaining Salah, guaranteed to start uh, against Sheffield. And I've got a vice-captain at the moment on Abraham uh, home to this Brighton because you can't really predict which city he's going to play at Everton and indeed whether they're going to score loads of goals because Everton at home they did have this record that they haven't conceded a goal since February and I know that's gone now because they lost 
Sheffield. Sheffield United, but they still had a brilliant defensive record at home. So don't think that's going to pay off your De Bruyne. I think you may want to rethink it. You're listening to Luton Digital. Get in touch via LutonDigital.com. I'm delighted to say that earlier today, just off the M1, somewhere near London Luton, we caught up with Mark Burrows and we began by asking him about his good start and what had he done differently this season, given he was usually such a terrible starter. So, question one. Uh, So, yeah, I started off well in the first game week. Stuttered a bit in the second. Uh, But, yeah, since then, my overall rank has slowly got better, which I'm pretty happy with. Uh, I think quite often there's a habit of panicking after week one. But I stuck to my guns, uh, mostly until the first international break, and then I played my wild card. Um, And at that point, I just tried to really just fit in as many players in as possible not filled up with lots of cheap players who are going to go up in value but may need to just fill them up with uh, with with good players who have always had consistent returns um and i now i think i've got a very good team uh but still have some room for maneuverability uh if if i need to really um also i've taken a look also, I looked a lot more at a player's historical stats and didn't bring them in just on a whim. So, for example, I quite quickly brought in Mason Mount after looking at his stats last season under Lampard at Derby. Uh, and he, I think he got something like 11 goals and six assists. Um, so even if he was going to get close to that over the season, and I, I think I was bringing him, him in for four nows of West Ham, uh, who had terrible stats basically from the season before um even though he's quite a good player but i thought if maintenance amount was going to be a similar sort of level to what he was for derby then uh he was definitely worth bringing in mark uh one of the big things this season has been the remarkable progress of novice manager ian reese what do you make of our leader and his what can we say strange usage of his chips so far so, yeah, it's a strange tactic, uh, which I guess so far has worked for him. But I think in the long run, if he keeps trying things like that, then he might get found out. Uh, yeah, six-point hit, 16-point hit, sorry, after a top 60,000 position uh, in week two, I think, followed by a wild card, followed by a free hit. Seems a little bit bonkers. Uh, but at least he's keeping it interesting and trying something different to what everyone else is doing thanks mark Uh, let's get back to your team what future plans do you have um, and how do you plan to improve on this magnificent start so my plans at the moment are to just keep things ticking over uh, make some tweaks here and there keep looking at the in-depth stats for players like i said before and to not go chasing any points um I think slash hope that Puki might start to wane in his points returns. Uh, so at the moment I'm holding off on bringing him in. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I think just sort of be sensible. Uh, don't go crazy uh, unless I start getting a lot of injuries. But I think I've got enough players to sort of not have be desperate to bring in people um, instead of the ones I've got. I think I'll be fairly 
easy to change players in and out. We've got two more questions for you, Mark. Which player hasn't gone big yet do you predict will go big? So I think the ones I'm looking in from the sidelines, if you want to say, uh, some of the West Ham midfielders, I do like the look of Fornals, even though his stats weren't great last year. Um, but the problem with the West Ham midfielders is that they're all just slightly too expensive um, to really be worth it when there's other players doing quite well at the moment. Uh, but yeah, keeping an eye on them. Uh, and then I guess it's the ones who are just coming back from injury. So Callum Hudson-Odoi could really go off. Um, and he's currently 5.9, I think. So there's a lot of scope to bring him in if need be. Um, and uh, other players coming back from injury like Bellerin. Uh, from Arsenal who played midweek as as did Callum Hudson-Odoi uh, who could make a difference and I guess a slightly lower valued because they haven't started the season but do have a history of doing all right. Finally Mark the standard of the Luton Digital League everyone's been talking about it is the highest it's ever been this season. Where do you think you will finish? Uh, well obviously the main aim is to get the trophy and and win it. Uh I don't see why I shouldn't be at this stage of the season. Uh but top 3 really is probably the minimum I should be looking for. But yeah, I can't see why at the moment I don't don't see why I shouldn't be able to to win it overall. The fourth officials indicated there will now be a minimum of 3 minutes time allowed. 3 minutes time allowed. Um, thanks everyone for listening to another podcast and thank you to all of our guests for joining us for this great podcast. Keeping you up, Sam. Uh, it's been it's been a good episode and um, thanks, Sam, for all your efforts. Good luck, managers. And uh, don't forget to get in touch through that link we'll put on uh, Twitter after the show. See you next week. Goodbye. That was Luton Digital. Tune in again next game week. And good luck, managers. Hope you get a shed load of points.